Well, good evening, collective. How is everyone doing tonight? Can I just get an amen if you guys are in the room breathing? Amen. All right. Great to hear. My name is John. In case you don't know me, it's a complete honor and a privilege to be here tonight. I'm on staff here at The Crossing for many years and thankful to be a part of a church that continues to take ground in the surrounding communities as we know that there's one hope for this world and it's, and it's Jesus. And I'm thankful that I get to serve on this team. Uh, I found out this past week that I got the privilege and honor to speak with you this evening and this morning I was sitting in the office, and uh, I was talking with Zach, and he has a hat that he wanted me to try on. I thought, oh, I wear that hat tonight, and then my good friend Andrew is in the room. He says, nah, dude, you'd be trying too hard. <laughs> so, from the rest of the day on, I'd like to say I wasn't trying too hard, but I was trying too hard to try to figure out what to wear. I got home this afternoon after a good workout, and uh, I think I spent two too much time in front of the shirts and uh, the shoes and trying to figure out what to wear. So this is me trying not to impress you or trying too hard. So if it looks like I'm trying too hard, I'm sorry, but I think I was trying too hard. So just deal with it, okay? Andrew, I hope this works out for you. Okay, okay. I got the flannel, says I'm kind of young. I'm in my 30s, still wrecking. I got the boots, uh, oversized tee, and my hair is receding, so that's why I wear the hat. So I just have to, you just got to recognize that. So thanks for putting up with me for the next 20-some minutes. I feel like there's a word that needs to be spoken tonight, and I hope that it brings you encouragement, it brings you life, it might stir something in you, it might just challenge you to think something. There's, uh, obviously there's a group of people that are gathering on a Tuesday night. Something's drawing you here, whether it may be friends, maybe the fact that you like the music, maybe you actually like what's being spoken, maybe you just like the whole environment. Whatever's bringing you here, praise God. Keep coming. If it's your first time, Awesome. Thanks for accepting an invitation from one of your friends because I think they're enjoying it. What we're seeing is God doing an incredible movement inside this Tuesday night. So praise God that he continues to do that. So for the next few minutes, I just would like your help. Okay? So I'm going to start off with a question, and this is not rhetorical. I would actually like your response in this, and everyone is welcome to speak up. I have a pen, so you have to just take it one at a time. The question is this. How do you determine if someone is in love with someone or something. How do you determine if someone is in love with someone or something? And go. Their actions. Okay. Heard something over here. The way they make you feel. That's going to, okay, I'm, I'm going to slow right away. That's a song, the way they make you feel. Okay, what else? Investment of time. That's good. Talk about it. Obsession. We'll do the obsession as the good version. Obsession. Honesty. Sacrifice. I think I heard from my left side, commitment. This guy's got it going on over here. What'd you say? Happiness. Happiness. All right. That's great. Anything else? Loyalty. Loyalty. 
Anything else you want to throw for, for now or whoever holds your peace? Or if you have something during the night that sticks out to you, you, go ahead and yell it out and I'll just write it back down. Cool. I think those are decent. Awesome. We'll see how your first marriage goes. Love, there we go. Hey, there we go. I mean, that's given, but how you term someone's love, they better love you, right? If they're terming someone or something, that's good. Trust it. Those are good. I wasn't trying to, you, you did great. I think I have a good, good thing to move on. So we'll, but again, if you do have something that comes up throughout the night, don't hesitate to ask. That being said, we're in a second week of a series called For the Good, and it's based off of Romans 8.28. That's found in the New Testament. And it's a great book, uh, all the chapters, but we're going to focus in on Romans 8.28, and it's this verse. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So God works for the good. How do we know? They talked about it last week. Go back and watch that sermon. But I'll give you an overview, a quick Bible answer. The answer is Jesus. Oh, man, what? Yeah, God works for the good. How do I know Jesus? It's the good news. And if we look at Romans 8, if we actually just look in context, if I just don't take Romans 8, 28, if I go all the way to the top of that verse, it starts off with this beautiful words. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life, amen, has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. Basically what that's saying is Christ died and made a way for us. And because he made a way for us, we now can have hope. Praise God. What else is? I am set free. And if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are what? Set free. Praise God. So that is the good news. That is just one. That is the main nugget. There's all other ways that God is good. Is working for the good. But the big thing is the good news is God sent Jesus. The other part is this. I love that first part, but they didn't ask me to speak on that part. So I'm not going to spend any more time on that. It's Jesus is the answer. The other part is this. However, the second part, those who love him. God works for the good of those who what? Love him. That is a beautiful thing. See, now you're wondering how your answers earlier went with this. It's going to be interesting. (sighs) So how do we love him? How do we love him being God? That's a great question, you guys, and I'm going to answer that for you. This is what we do. We call it an intimate, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. When you accept Christ and are baptized, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You now then can love God because Jesus is sacrificed, and your seal on your heart is the gift of the Holy Spirit. How do I know that? Acts 2.38 says this. Repent and confess, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sin. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive what? The gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It also says in Romans 8, just put up with me for a few more verses, and I'm going to recap it all, and then we'll keep diving. But it's important that we know that what I'm speaking is not from my own mind, or my own thoughts, it's actually from God's word. This is the, God's word speaking to you. So Acts 2.38, the next one is this. In Romans 5, it says this. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Those are people without God. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Those who have a relationship with Jesus. The mind governed by the flesh is death. 
but the mind governed by the Spirit is what? Life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, those who have a relationship with Jesus, are in the realm, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. Recap, recap, recap. If you have an intimate personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you then have the gift of the Holy Spirit, then you can love him and please God. If Christ is not in you, you cannot please God. So tonight, in the next 16 minutes, I want to break down these two groups. The first group being those who have an intimate, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And we're going to just tackle the question, how in the world then, if we have the Spirit of God living inside of us, God works for the good of those who love Him? I want to break down, how do we love? How do we love Him? How do we love God? If we have the Spirit inside of us, then there should be answers on how we love Him. And then the second group, for those of you in here that haven't experienced church, haven't experienced what it is to have a life with Jesus, there's going to be a, a question for us to have to decide. Now that you know that God is who he is, that he's given us the ability to love him or not love him, what are the ramifications of that? So we have to answer the question, how do you love him? So let's look at that. Group one, at the beginning I asked you to determine if someone is in love with someone or something. Here are some of your answers. You know by their actions. Um, if you're the one being loved, you know the way that makes you feel. The investment of time. They talk about it nonstop. They're obsessed. They're honest. They make sacrifices. They're committed. They're loyal. They're happy. And I think those would all be, those would all be solid answers. A few I'd like to add is this. They talk about it nonstop. I, you guys said that one, so you already had one of my answers. Great job. They invest. Do we have that answer? Yes, we did. Good job. They make sacrifices. Man, you guys actually have it together. I'm quite proud of you. Those things are what we look in the worldly relationships, and I think we can apply those right over to our relationship with God. If, if you would show me a little grace here, we're going to talk about it. So if you're in a relationship, if you love things, when you think about hobbies, when you think about uh, sports teams, the things you love, the things you do, like if you have a sport or an adventure or a hobby, what do you do? You get the gear, right? You get the nicest things because you're invested in that thing. If you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend, we do some crazy things, don't we? We'll spend some money that we don't have to impress We'll cancel other things because what matters is that relationship, right? You'll do anything. When you're in love, love makes us do crazy things. So let me ask you, believers, brothers and sisters, those who have accepted Jesus Christ, how are those answers, if I were to put them over your relationship with Jesus, how is it going? How is your investment with Jesus? How is your time how is your loyalty? How about your sacrifice? 
can people look at you and your walk and say, man, she, she loves Jesus. You know him? Wow. Have you seen the way he acts? He is all about Jesus. See, God works for the good of those who love him. So that's what I'm calling us to do tonight. Just to have a look, believers in Jesus, to have a look at your life and saying, how am I doing in the area in my relationship with God? Am I loving him? Because if I love him, I know that I'm with God because I have the spirit living inside me. So that I know I'm trying to live by him. And I know that the spirit helps me in things. And how I live out my life. But how are you, if you were to honestly look at your life, how are you doing in these areas? Because what I know about love, it does crazy things. It does bold things. I want to talk a little bit about love. (sighs) Love is bold. That's another one I wanted to add. Can I tell you a story? Thanks. A few years back, oh, probably when I was in my early 20s, maybe 20 years old. I was dating a, a girl, one that I thought highly of. I would even say that I loved her. Um, and we had, we'd been dating for about a year and a half, and things were pretty serious. Well, my current wife, um, her name is Shauna, if you don't know. She's a blessed lady that I love to death. Um, but love makes you do crazy things. So it was at a camp. We were both at a camp. We were both the faculty at a camp. And uh, we were doing faculty things. And at the end of the night, all the kids go to bed. And that's when the faculty get out. And they have fun. They play games because they're dealing with kids all day long. They're tired from them. So they go have time. So it was at the end of the night. And uh, I remember right by the canteen area. At the time, my friend, Shauna, uh, she says, we need to talk. I said, oh, okay. We do need to talk. Which is outside of her because she is not that type of person. She's a very... Um, introverted person she would admit that she's good with people she's just introverted she doesn't uh put herself out in those types of situations but this moment was different because something was driving this this motive so she says john we need to talk and said i said okay so we went and talked we sat down in the canteen at these two picnic tables and she says john i have feelings for you i don't know what to do with them i just need you to know that i love you And my response was, okay. And I think I gave a hug, and then we went on. Because at the time, I had a girlfriend that I thought I loved or loved, and uh, this was out of the blue. I never saw Sean in that sort of light. She was always a great friend. We grew up together in church, uh, loved the Lord. We laughed a lot, thought her more as a sister. But she broke the barrier. She broke it, and she says, John, I have feelings for you. And then she put it in my plate. I'd like to say at that moment I called my other girlfriend and I broke up with her and wised up real quickly. But no, I waited till that girlfriend broke up with me at freshman week at college. Wrecked my heart. And then it even still took me some time. And my patient, loving, awesome wife waited patiently for me. And I finally, my eyes were open and realized, what a spaz. I've been waiting. Um, she's been waiting for me and I've just been putting her off. And the greatest decision of, decision of my life was besides coming to know Jesus, was marrying that beautiful lady. But love makes us do crazy things. So that was completely outside of her realm. But what love makes you do, makes you do bold, crazy things. What else does it make you do? Love is selfless. Love is selfless. So love is bold. Love is selfless. 
I have a friend, his name's Johnny. He's in, uh, the leader of a ministry in town called Fishers of Men Ministries. And I got to witness on the front row seat of what selfless love looks like. One of the men in the, in the um, Fishers of Men ministry, men come in, they're looking to wait just to get on their feet. They've had a rough past. They've failed in certain areas. They've done wrong things. And they're just needing a place to get started, to get back on their feet. And the guy's name was Scott. Scotty. And he was an older gentleman, had a rough past, lost his family, um, did not do good. But he found himself a fishers of men. And many years he would be there, and he was just one of those staple guys. And him and Johnny became great friends. Well, in this past few years, Scotty was diagnosed with cancer. And he fought it for a long time, uh, but the cancer was winning. And praise be to God, through fishers of men's ministry, all that, he came to know Jesus a few years back and gave his life to Jesus, and everything was changed. Things in his relationships were mending. Uh, he built a family inside Fishers of Men. But the point I want to make is this. In the last season of his life, these last few months, Johnny and the crew at Fishers of Men, they said, we want to take this on. We don't want him to go to a nursing home. We don't want him to go anywhere else. We want to keep him here. This is his home. This is his family. And I saw Johnny take the lead. I saw him take care of him day in and day out. Do things you couldn't imagine. If you can imagine a man that's bedridden for the last few months of his life, the things that he can't do himself, Johnny and others would help take care. Changing bed sheets, giving him baths. Ladies and gentlemen, I got to witness and hear about what selfless love is all about. That's selfless, selfless love. When you take someone else under your wing, when you care for them, when they cannot care for themselves. What else is love? It's forgiving. I look at us every day. Brothers and sisters, I know there's people in here in this room that have been hurt, that are still struggling with forgiveness. By your parents, by a past boyfriend, girlfriend, a past best friend, by a coworker, you're struggling for, to forgive. But I'm telling you, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, that's one thing you have to deal with, that you have to learn to forgive. That when we love, because of what Jesus has done for us, we learn to forgive. And so each day you have moments. At this moment right now, you have a moment to think about that person, and maybe you need to make amends with them. doesn't mean you have to trust them, but you do need to learn how to forgive them, because what happens when you don't forgive, bitterness starts coming in your heart. And it's hard to love when you have bitterness. And it starts affecting all areas of your life. What else is love? Love celebrates. Anniversaries? Oh man, I go all out on anniversaries. Surprised my wife with a seven-day all-inclusive vacation before we had kids. It was awesome. Birthdays, who celebrates their birthdays? I celebrate with my kids. I spend too much, my wife spends too much money on them, and, but I, uh, every year it happens where you have this low-key birthday party, but it always spends too much. But, but why? Because we love them. We love to celebrate. Why do we come to church? Well, I'll tell you why I come to church. I come to celebrate. I come to celebrate what God has done. I love to come celebrate with the Lord's people every Sunday, and when I get the opportunity on Tuesday nights, we celebrate. Love celebrates. Love celebrates. So what is love? So I say all this to say this. Um, God works for the good of those who love him. Group one, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, how do you love? How are you doing in the area of love? 
specifically towards God. If you have notes, I'd love for you to just take notes real fast of three different ways that I think could help not only you but me as we navigate forward in this relationship uh, with Jesus and how to love him back. Number one is this, simple obedience. Simple obedience. You've heard it said paralysis by analysis. I think a lot of people, sometimes we overthink things. How do I do this thing exactly right? How do I do it to the T? What if I do this? What if I move here? How if I do this? And all of a sudden we find ourselves analyzing every situation when really it's just simple obedience. Living your day for Jesus Christ. You wake up in the morning and you reflect on what the Lord has done and then you go live. 99% of your life, ladies and gentlemen, 99% of your life is going to be lived in the mundane. That's doing the dishes, brushing your teeth, going to the bathroom, uh, mowing the lawn, changing dirty diapers, working uh, 40 hours a week. Most of your life is lived in the mundane. The other percentage is usually going to cool concerts, awesome conferences that leave you picked up and energized and ready to take on the world. But the majority, ladies and gentlemen, of your life is lived in the mundane. So how do you love in the mundane? It's simple obedience, day in and day out. John 14 says this, If you love me, you will what? Obey my commands. If you love me, you'll obey my commands. It's a simple obedience. It's day in, waking up, and saying, Lord, another day for you. I still have breath in my lungs. I'm all in. And if you were here a few weeks ago when Jerry was talking about the Great Commission, it says, therefore, go and make disciples. This mindset of as you go, as you go, as we go throughout our days, as you go to class, as you go to work, as you go to family events, as you come to church, all those things, as you go, simple obedience. That is one way you can show you love the Father, just simple obedience to his call. Number two, rhythms. My cousin Jake uh, two years ago, two and a half years ago, did not live for Christ. The majority of his life was lived in pursuit of his own happiness, pursuit of just making it to the weekends. God got a hold of his heart, and since then it's been a trajectory towards Christ, and it's been awesome to watch. What I love about him is he's built rhythms in his life. What do I mean by that? It means he has things scheduled every day. So at 3.30 in the morning, I don't know if it still is, but he got a new job. But 3.30 in the morning, he would wake up, he would get into God's Word. He would have a devotion, and he would spend time with the Lord. Just him and the Lord at 3.30 in the morning. No one should be up at 3.30 in the morning. He was up at 3.30 in the morning because his day needed to start then so that he could fit everything in. He then went to the gym, and then he, then he came back to have time with the family and clean up before he headed into work, all by 7.30. He built this rhythm in because when you come to know the Lord, you, you make sacrifices. You know that you need to spend time with, with the thing that you love, with the person that you love. So he made a rhythm. I think about my morning moments. My alarm goes off at 6 o'clock. That's two and a half hours later. But it doesn't matter. That's when I, my morning starts, praise God. And I get out. And right now, there's a treehouse being built um, uh, for my kids, it's actually, I'm realizing it's more for me because what I do is in the mornings, I go up there at 6 o'clock and I live on the edge of town and uh, it's on the east side of my property so then I can see the sunrise. So I climb this ladder with my cup of coffee, got my sweatshirt on, and it's right by on Ellington Road and cars are driving by going into work and I'm just this dude sitting on a deck with a cup of coffee and I know they're looking at me right now because they just cut the corn down and now they can see me. So it's like, 
Hey, Joe. Hey, Terry. Hey, Karen. Good to see you. But it's those things now I'm built in. It's a morning ritual that I enjoy, that I have time before the craziness of kids wake up and all the, the craziness of life. I have time to sit and reflect and be alone with God. And I love that. Open up, please. Don't have my face ID. There it is. Thank you. Morning rhythm. What else? Discipleship relationships. If you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ, that means you should be in a relationship with other people. So I'm asking you to build a rhythm of relationships that other people like-minded that are going to challenge you, that are going to spur you on. Also, attending church or collective weekly. This is a good rhythm. What you are doing here weekly is a great rhythm that's going to help encourage your spirit, challenge your mind, let us celebrate and love. Those things are important. Keep that rhythm up. I think about every week on Thursday, you will find me at one place every Thursday at 12 o'clock, and that's Qdoba. For the last four and a half years, close to five years, I've been meeting with two other guys, and we meet weekly. And with, unless there's a vacation or something going on, you will find ourselves right at the closest table to the counter, and we sit there, and we meet for an hour. We eat, we talk, we pray, we get into God's Word. It's a rhythm that I will not sacrifice because I know how important it is in my relationship with Jesus and others. So the first one, simple obedience. The second one is rhythms. And the last one is this, steady on. Persevere. Marathon. Think marathon, not a sprint. At one of our times uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, my friend Mark, who was a college roommate, he's from South Africa and has an accent that I'm going to attempt to do as he prayed it. Um, but he gathered with us at Kidoba. I wanted my f- other men to meet him, and then we had him pray for us. And as he closed his prayer, he says, Lord. <laughs> That's pretty good. Lord. I got it. I, I did it well in practice. Lord, strengthen. Uh, no, that's, that's British. That's it's not South African. <laughs> it's simply this. Stre- strengthen our backbones as we stand in the trenches. Something like that. I'll say it in American. Strengthen. <laughs> that's not American. Strengthen our backbones as we stand in the trenches. Steady on. My point is this, I love that prayer, and it's going to be a thing that marks over me, that to strengthen our backbones as we stand in the trenches. That means life is coming. Life is hard. Being a follower of Jesus is not easy. Can I get an amen? That there's moments that it's really hard. If I were to be honest, it's very hard. You know what the gospel calls us to do? You know what he commands us to do? To love our enemies. To give freely. When someone asks you to go a mile, how many do you go? Two. When someone hits you on the left cheek, you turn and give them the right. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Give of yourself day in and day out. We're asking for suffering to come. So I'm asking you believers to steady on. If you love God, that you will not give up, that you will not lose the fight. I want to encourage you with this scripture. Philippians 1.6 says this, Don't give up, but God started a work in you, and he will see it to completion. Philippians 1, 6. Don't lose heart. That was group one. God works for the good of those who love him. Those are, in my opinion, some simple ways that you can start putting into practice ways to love him. Why? Because it's worth it. All the people I talked about it, they've gone through suffering upon suffering. They've had highs and low. But they know that God is working for the good. 
do you know that God is working for the good of your life? For those who love him, do you know that God is working for your good? Some of you have divorced parents. Some of you are coming from abusive relationships. Some of you are coming from things that I can only have nightmares about. But yet you find yourself in a relationship with Jesus, and you know that God is good, and that he's fighting for you. Praise God. Steady on. Don't give up. Keep being an example. One day, all will be made right. One day. But until then, we keep on, keeping on. Simple obedience, find rhythms in your day, and steady on. Now, I just want to spend one minute talking with group number two. The reality is, not everyone in this room has a relationship with Jesus Christ. And actually, I love that that's the truth, because that means people are inviting people who don't know Jesus into the doors to hear about Jesus. That means we're not a country club that just for people who have Jesus, that means all are welcome. And that is how we believe this church should be. All are welcome so that they can hear the good news. Jesus Christ came for you as well. But he's given you a choice to respond. Scripture says those who don't live by the Spirit, who have the Spirit in them, do not belong to Christ. That is not my words that may seem harsh, but that is God's word. And the truth is if you don't have Christ in you, then you cannot please God. Then you cannot love him. But the joy is you're here tonight, and you can make the choice to follow. And we as a church believe every time we gather, we need to have an opportunity for those who don't know Jesus to come to know Jesus, to be in relationship with him. That doesn't mean you have to have everything figured out, because Lord knows everyone in this room does not have everything figured out. The only thing that makes us different is those who know Jesus recognize that they are sinners, that they have messed up. We're all screwed up people. We're all a bunch of crazies. We do things that are not good, not pleasing in the sight of God. But by the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ, we can have life and we can love him. So if you don't know Jesus tonight, when we, when we move to this time of what we call invitation, I'm inviting you to move. I'm inviting you to come up to the side of the stage. There's going to be people on either sides that would love to just answer a question, say, pray with you, whatever it may be. But I would hope tonight that at least stir a question in you. How can I love him? What does this love look like? How can I move forward? If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you know the drill. But I pray that it's not one of mundane, that it's one that's stirring your heart, saying, man, he's right. Scripture's right. I want to love him. I want to please God. I want to do what I can. But what is my daily life looking like? So I invite you to come to the steps. I invite you to bow before God and say, Lord, I know I'm not perfect, but I do want to love you. I genuinely want to love you, and I want to please you. Help me look at my life. Show me the inconsistencies. Show me the areas that I need to show forgiveness. Show me the areas that I need to take ground in, because he's going to be with you all the way. Don't give up. God started a work in you, and he will see it to completion. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for this night. We thank you for the opportunity to gather. I am so thankful that you love us. God, I'm thankful you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross. And three days later, he would come and rise again. And now he sits at your right hand. But he didn't leave us without anything. He gave us the Holy Spirit. One that helps encourages us, convicts us. 
I pray for those believers tonight to, to move, to act, to look at how they love you, to look at their heart, look at their time invested, and they, they would make a change. God, we all would make a change, continually to be more and more like you. For those who don't know Jesus, God, I pray this room, your spirit would soften someone's heart tonight that they would start asking questions, what does it look like to be in a relationship with Jesus? I pray for that one person that's struggling right now, that they would have a peace come over them, that their legs would move them forward to someone that they trust and that they could talk to them about Jesus. And tonight they would be surrendered in baptism and they would be new in our family. God, I pray for life change. Never get tired of it. Lord, thankful for the foundation you've given us through Jesus Christ, and I pray that we continue to live our lives, build our lives off the good news of what Jesus has done. So in all this, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen.